You're listening to the Crossing DE podcast from The Crossing in Milton, Delaware, a community dedicated to developing devoted followers of Jesus. Dad lost his job this week. He and Mom are so stressed out. Come to me. School's right around the corner, and I don't know many people in my class, and I'm really nervous. Come to me. I'm so excited about the opportunities ahead, but I'm not sure which direction to go. Come to me. Everyone else can give their kids all the coolest things. I just can't afford it, and I feel like a failure. Come to me. I think I'm ready to follow Jesus forever. I think I can trust him. Come to me. How am I supposed to have that conversation? What if, what if I don't say it the right way? Come to me. I messed up again. I always do that. How can anyone love me when I'm such a screw up? Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hey, I'm glad to be back. My name is Adam. If you don't know me, if you don't know me, come say hi. I'd love to meet you. A uh, couple, couple more quick announcements I want to share with you. This Wednesday at 7 o'clock, Refill kicks back off. I'll be doing a series, uh, starting a series called When in Greece, uh, where I'll be sharing some of the, uh, the pictures uh, from um, our trip to Greece, where we walked in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. Acts 16, 17, 18 is where we were, uh, just coming to life. And so uh, we'll be digging into that for a little while. So I'd love to invite everybody's invited on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock right here. Child care is available. So uh, if you're available Wednesday, 7 o'clock, we'd love to have you right here in the auditorium. Uh, for refill. Also, if you're a senior at our church, Seniors at the Crossing, uh, this Thursday, the 8th at 10 a.m. in the Cove is our first Coffee in the Cove, a great time of connection uh, and Bible study. I, I'm excited to lead that. Uh, so our first one this Thursday, if you're available 55 and older or you just want to show up, that'd be cool too. That'll be great snacks and stuff uh, in the Cove for us. Uh, 10 a.m. on Thursday. Love to see you. When it rains, it pours. You ever have anybody say that to you? When it rains, it pours. It's usually said when you're sharing some struggles and, and life is kind of hard right now and there's some things going on and, and you're exhausted or you're overwhelmed or you're frantic even and, and hey, shoo, when it rains, it pours. I got three problems with that statement. First one is that meteorologically, it's incorrect. Uh, frankly, um, it can it can. <laughs> when it pours, it rains would be more accurate. It can be raining and not pouring, right? Uh, secondly, is the, the origin of that statement has nothing to do with bad things happening in our lives. Uh, it was started by the Morton Salt Company back in the early 1900s. The ad executives wanted to share, hey, when the high humidity of a storm happens, our salt still pours out. So when you say that to someone whose life is in shambles, 
uh, here's my third real problem and the biggest one of all. It doesn't help at all. Like, I understand it comes from a place probably of some good intentions, uh, but really that's all the encouragement you could muster for a brother? I bring this up because I had this phrase spoken to me four times in the last three weeks. Two Thursdays ago, workers finished up a a construction project at our house fixing the ceiling in our living room. Uh, We learned that we had a leak in our shower when uh, it started raining in our living room while I was sitting in a recliner. So two Thursdays ago, that project was completed. Two Saturdays ago, just two days later, Saturday morning, I woke er up early to take Lydia to work, uh, and I needed to shave, so I'm brushing my teeth, and while I'm brushing my teeth, I turn the water from cold to hot, and the water goes, there's no hot water anywhere in the house. It's 6.30 in the morning. I don't have time for this. Honey, you need to take a shower at your mom's. I got, we got to go. I got to take Lydia to work. We're not halfway down the road. Lydia is driving. Um, and the check engine light is flashing on our dashboard. The engine's misfiring. This is just really awesome. I mean, just really awesome. And so I tell a couple of people who seem to wonder and notice my frantic and overwhelmed state of existence, and their response, shoo, when it rains, it pours. I remember my exact prayers that day when I saw the check engine light. I'm, on, I'm praying, Lord, help me not to freak out about this. It's Saturday. Help us to, help me, give me the faith to trust you. I don't really have a, I don't know what to do right now. And I know you've been there, right? I know you can relate on, on some level. And if, if you're not there yet, maybe consider some of these words and see if they, they kind of hit home for you uh, a little bit. Um, how many of you, and this happens so much, when, hey, how are you doing? Good. Busy. But good. Maybe exhausted. Struggling might be the word you would use. Overwhelmed, weighed down. Man, I'm, I'm really sick. Broken. Hurt lost, barely staying afloat, I'm confused, I'm, I'm questioning, I've got doubts, I'm pulled in every direction, there's no peace, I'm empty. And Jesus summed it all up as weary and burdened, and regardless of the cause, we've all been there, some of you are there right now, and we know we'll be there again. And this month, we're going to spend some time with Jesus, and we're going to hear him invite us to a, to a different way, a different response to the downpour of difficulties that, that wage war against our souls and our lives, a different life altogether. You see, when all this stuff hits, the, the weary and burdened hits, our first inclination is to figure it all out and fix it. Or, the other side is, I'm going to run and hide and tamp it all down as far as I can, and, and then maybe some relief, and if I just pretend it's not happening then relief will come. And when it all hits, our reacting leads to this unhealthy striving, I think is the word for me, where we're striving to, we're struggling, we're clawing, we're fighting to to achieve the relief and the rest and the peace we so desperately desire. And I want to tell you, that just doesn't work. (laughs) Not long term. It's unsustainable. And I need you to hear, there's no striving in Jesus. He said, it's finished. And I want to tell you uh, 
I want you to hear Jesus' invitation, his answer, when, when weary and burden hits, with full sovereignty and all authority in heaven on earth, Jesus issues you and me an invitation. And it comes in Matthew chapter 11. We've heard it a couple times already today. This is Jesus talking to you. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you're, you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for your spirit in this place today. Would you, would you give us ears to hear, a heart to understand, a willingness to, to trust you? God, speak, for we're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. This whole month, we're going we're gonna to learn from Jesus from these three verses, and, and there's a lot to unpack in here. It's sometimes called the great invitation. Jesus is an inviter, right? And he knows what it is to be weary and burdened. He's felt it. I think one of the best things about our Savior, he was, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 2, just like us, fully human in every way. Jesus has experienced this, the same busyness and exhaustion that you and I have experienced. He's felt the sting of broken relationships and the overwhelming weight of expectations. He's seen lost and broken and hurt and doubts. He's suffered the temptation of things just like you and me, and he knows the real solution. It's cool. Jesus, God in the flesh, not only gives us access to himself, but he invites us to himself. Hey, any of you that have problems, come to me, and I'll help. The more and more I consider this invitation, the more and more I'm blown away by it. So let's learn a little. First, he, sa he says, come to me. It's, it's an open invitation. It's, it's Jesus' desire. It's God's offering. I'm available to you. I want you. No changes, no fixes first, none of all that. Just, just as you are, I want you. It, it's the message of Scripture. More than anything, Jesus repeats over and over, come to me. Follow me. Be with me. Things are bad? Come to me. Things are really great? Come to me. I'd love to hear about that. You're struggling. You're hurting. You're overwhelmed. You believe. You don't believe. You're somewhere on the in-between. You're not really sure. It's the same invitation. Come to me. And this isn't a one-time thing either. It's, it's one of those words in the Bible that means it's a continuous action. So it's really better translated, keep coming to me. Continually come to me. Jesus always wants you and I to come to him with our stuff, probably because we tend to run to other things or other people first. And he's saying, no, 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 that's, that's not going to work. Come to me. And what's really interesting is as we read the gospel accounts of Jesus' life here on earth in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we find his disciples doing that. Always with him, following him, coming to him, together with him, at the synagogue or on the road, by the sea, uh, on a hillside, in the temple, by a well, in a boat, on the road, in between, at a wedding or a funeral, on top of a mountain, in a garden, at a, di a dinner banquet, and on the road a lot. 
coming to Jesus, walking with Jesus. I love Peter's confession. In John chapter 6, Jesus says to them, are, are you going to quit me too? Are you going to run away from me too? And Peter goes, well, where else are we going to go? <laughs> you have the words of eternal life. The invitation, come to me. And who's he inviting? All of you who are weary and burdened. I think we established this. This is all of us. If not now, it's at some point, right? This invitation is for anyone and everyone who would admit, I'm tired. I'm burned. I'm done. I, I, I can't go anymore. Jesus describes it in Matthew chapter 9. He sees us. He sees people with compassion and he sees us that we're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, that's me. Yeah? And Jesus says, come here. Come to me. And let's be honest, sometimes when we hear this, boy, this really sounds good on a Sunday morning in church where we're supposed to put on a happy face and everything's fine, right? But what are you going to do? I mean, can you fix a hot water heater? Can, can, you, can you stop with my check engine light? Or these cravings I can't shake? Or this anger I can't keep down? Can you help me with my guilt, with my shame, with my cancer, with my kids, with my fear? What are you going to do, Jesus? Oh, you come to me, and I'll give you rest. <laughs> rest, great, but I need hot water. What good is rest? Here's where Jesus is so much smarter than we are, and this is where faith needs to kick in. Do you believe he can help? Or maybe if you don't, are you willing to at least give him a try? You've tried all the other things? Well, do what he says. Trust him. I know when I'm frantic, when I can't think straight, I have a hard time navigating life when I'm crushed by my circumstances seemingly, and it's if I could just get a moment to breathe. If I could just, just, just pause the game, just stop for a moment, then I'd be able to, to, to gain some perspective, to put some things in place, to make some, take some steps if needed. If I could just pause for a second, then I could hear my Savior, my shepherd's voice above all the other noise and trust that it's going to be okay. Trust him. It, it's, 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 that, it's that soul's rest we need to realize that Jesus is my shepherd, right? The Lord is my shepherd. And no matter how insurmountable or impossible life seems, I lack nothing. With Jesus, I have everything I need. It's interesting, he doesn't say, hey, come to me and I'll fix it all. Did you notice that? No, it's, it's, it's not that at all. Rather, he gives us what we need so that we can walk through it with him. On the road, if you will, with him carrying the real weight of things. Listen to verse 29. It starts off, take my yoke. You know what a yoke is, right? You've seen like in the old time pictures or farmers with the big wooden thing across their neck or across an oxen or a cow. It's, we're going to get into that more in a couple weeks. But, but in order to take, take his yoke upon you, you got to take yours off. There's a submission to that. But the crux of what he's saying is at the end of his statement, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to teach you how to live life with faith, trusting me fully. Because unlike the storms you're facing right now, I am gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. 
Yeah, we're still working, we're still pressing on and through, but now you're carrying Jesus' yoke, not yours. And verse 30 says that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. Relief from the heaviness, rest from the endless striving with no results. And this invitation from Jesus, it's personal. It's from him to you right where you sit. But bigger than that, it's universal. It's not just for you and I. It's for every single person. It's a compassionate invitation. Jesus sees us with compassion. says, hey, let me help. I want to help. Come to me. And it's divine because only God can offer soul rest and real lasting help, which to me makes this invitation miraculous. Jesus' invitation to you and me is an invitation to restful learning. Did you see that? A pause, a break from the struggle so that we can learn how to navigate life walking by faith. We, our part, come to me. Take my yoke. Learn from me. And Jesus promises, I'll give you rest. And I'll, I'll show you the way. So what's our next move? You remember when you were in elementary school and you used to get those birthday invitations or, or maybe more recently you've got a wedding invitation or, or maybe you remember the wedding invitation you've sent out. And always at the bottom corner, there's these, these four letters just kind of jammed together that didn't really make any sense, but they always followed the word please. Please RSVP. And you would go, Mom, what's RSVP mean? And then she would answer with, oh, it's French, which starts a whole other conversation of questions like, why is there random French letters? I don't get this. Is... Regardless of that, these initials are really an important part of an invitation. Let us know you're coming, right? Respond to this invitation if you please is, is what it means. I'm not going to try to speak French. But Jesus issued an invitation for a particular purpose to you. He noticed the frantic pace of life and the often overwhelming condition of us who live by it. And that's not the life Jesus has for his followers. That's not the pasture he wants his sheep in. And so Jesus invites us to come to him for soul rest and learning. The question is, okay, how? How, how do we do this? What's this RSVP look like? to this invitation. I want to give you three options, and I think one of them is, is a great next step. One of them is a great next step for you. Uh, and they're not new. This isn't going to be like mind-boggling revelation. There's, there's things hopefully you're already doing, but maybe just a twist on your approach. And the first one comes in your prayer life. Coming to Jesus involves time and conversation. It, it's a continuous invitation to come to him with the things that have us weary and burdened, not just to, not just to get stuff off our chest and, and get something that we want. You see, we're not always praying about something. And maybe this is the different approach. See, the purpose of prayer is, is to get to know Jesus better. The purpose of prayer is a conversation with a person. And knowing who he is propels us to more frequently coming to him first. Prayer is, is communion with God in his presence with him. He's made it so prayer is the, it changes the way we look at things. We learn to see things. He invites us to come, hey, come up here in the heavenly realms and, and see things from my perspective. See, prayer doesn't only change our circumstances, and God moves and does, but it changes us. And when I continually come to Jesus and talk with him about everything, it gets easier. Let's be honest, sometimes prayer's a little hard. 
like I'm talking to somebody, but they're not here, and I don't know how I'm supposed to, and who, you ever have that feeling? And the more and more you just do it, you realize I'm talking to a person, and it gets easier. And then, not only that, but then I'm reminded of who it is I'm talking to, and what he's capable of, and what he promises, and then things don't seem so heavy, and I think that's the yoke swap moment. The moment when life doesn't seem so hard because I'm with him and with him, we can get through this. That Saturday morning of, of the water heater and the check engine light, I, I got home from men's huddle and I was sitting at, at our counter and I just let out a big sigh. You know what I mean? Like, and my wife, Michelle, she, she knew things were heavy and she came over and she just put her head on my shoulder and she said, hey. It'll be okay. <laughs> We've prayed about it. God's for us. He can handle it. We're fine. And I thought, you know what? You're right. <laughs> We're with him. And it made the rest of the day so much lighter. I wasn't consumed trying to figure out what we're going to do or, or how God's going to do it this time. We still called the plumber. We still dropped the car off at the mechanic. But there was peace as we walked through it knowing we're with him. And I know him. I know what he can do. One of my favorite prayers, well, maybe not my favorite, but most frequent prayers is, Lord, I can't see how you could possibly do anything with this situation, but I trust you. So you do your thing. I'm leaving this with you. Now maybe you can RSVP to Jesus' invitation with a new prayer habit. Start a, start a prayer walk down the road. Jot your prayers down in a journal. Set aside some on-purpose time where you're going to RSVP to Jesus' invitation with some simple conversation for the set purpose of getting to know him better. In the same line of thinking, maybe, it, maybe it's more about how you, how you read and study your Bible. If you and I are going to know Jesus, it's only going to happen as we encounter him on the pages of Scripture. There's no way around it. You can't separate Jesus and his word. It's where God so prominently speaks to us. And, and when we come to Jesus, seeking him through the pages of Scripture, the Holy Spirit pierces through all the distractions and gets right, and the struggles, and gets right to the heart of things. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. Listen to this. He said, The facts are that God is not silent has never been silent. It's the nature of God to speak. The second person of the Holy Trinity is called the Word. The Bible is just the inevitable outcome of God's continuous speech. It's the infallible declaration of His mind for us put into our familiar human words. He said, I think a new world will arise out of the religious mist when we approach our Bible with the idea that it's not only a book which was once spoken, but which is now speaking. If you and I would follow on to know the Lord, come at once to the open Bible expecting it to speak to you. Don't come with a notion that it's a thing that you can you know, push around with your convenience. It's more than a thing. It's a voice. It's a word. It's the very word of the living God. That would be the appropriate time to say, amen, I believe that. If not, let me say that, I'm not going to read it again. What a treasure. The psalmist says that the word of God, it's, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You've heard that, maybe? And we think, whew, that sounds so good, I love that, I need to see where I'm going. But here's what dawned on me this week, is that that means it doesn't shine way down there. 
It's just enough for my next step. And you and I shouldn't be taking one step without engaging Jesus in his word. And we have it so easily accessible to us today, so get rid of all the excuses. I don't have enough time. Your phone will read the Bible to you on the way to work. It's hard to understand. It's hard to focus. Listen, it's hard for me to to look forward to reading. Some of you know I have a rule. If the book's over 200 pages, I'm out. Unless you tell me you have to read this or the world's going to end, there's a good chance I'm going, nah, it's too long for me. So I'm so thankful this isn't just another book. These are the very words of God from him to me, to you. And they reveal him to us. So come to Jesus in his word and read for the purpose of knowing him. Here's real simple homework this week. Sit down, ask God to speak. Lord, tell me who you are. Open your Bible to John chapter 1 and read verse 1. That's it. And then the next, every day, read some more. RSVP to Jesus' invitation by coming to him in the Bible and reading for the purpose of getting to know him in a deeper and more meaningful way. Come to me in conversation, in prayer. Come to me in the Bible. Come to me. Here's one last one that might be a now thing or a next step for you in the future. But come to me in life groups. A life group is a place where restful learning happens. It's a small group environment where you can share and be cared for and care for others who are all coming to Jesus. God declares right from the beginning in the book of Genesis, it's not good for people to be alone. We were made for connection and community. Life groups is a place to come to Jesus and help others come to Jesus. And I'm okay with this sounding a little bit like a commercial because that's how much we believe in life groups and how much we want everybody involved in one. This Thursday night, 7 o'clock, September 8th, in the Cove, we have our first group link. It's an event designed to connect people together with a leader in a life group. So if you know that this is your next step and you haven't already done so, scan one of the QR codes. They're all over the place on the way out here today with your camera's phone or come talk to me and we'll get you connected for Thursday to get into a life group. Come to me. I'm really excited about this series. Um, I feel like it's something that God's just like, This is what I want my people to hear. In the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, God shares another time he set out invitations. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, it says, This is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But, say but. (laughs) Sorry, I love that. I said but in church. But you said, we won't walk in it. Jesus offers you the greatest invitation ever. It's a continuous, forever invitation of God to you, and he leaves it up to you to RSVP. Don't be like the people in Jeremiah's day. Come. Wherever wherever Jesus comes, he establishes rest, soul rest rest and that allows us to learn and and learn from him how to walk with him through the difficulties and the storms of life it's not well when it rains it pours good luck you're on your own no let's come to jesus yeah god you're so good to us what an invitation it's incredible that you would you would want us because We know ourselves. How could such a perfect, holy God want me? 
but you do. In fact, you even proclaim in the Sermon on that, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for ours is the kingdom of heaven. And so when we have these moments where we, fear, where we feel so overwhelmed and stressed and so far from you, instead of continually beating ourselves down and running the opposite way, may we come running to you just as we are to find rest and some instruction for life. Thank you for this incredible offer of yourself to us. Prompt us to RSVP. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the things we do every week here at The Crossing is participate in the Lord's Supper. It's a celebration, a feast, a meal that he established the night he was betrayed, Jesus. And he takes the Old Testament, uh, kind of the Old Covenant, and he, he establishes a new one in his own blood, in his this, this new meal, no longer the Passover and what he did in Egypt, but now what he, what he was getting ready to do in that moment and what he's done for us on the cross. And the fact is, if, if, if we don't do this every week, if I don't do this every week, there's times when I would forget or I would just start going through the motions of I'm doing these things because I'm checking the box and I want to be a good guy. Well, the cross reminds us that it's Jesus' love that compels us. It's his grace that reminds us we can come running to him in all our filth, and he's waiting with open arms. And he proved that by taking your place on a cross, taking your punishment for your sin. And so when we take this bread, it reminds us of who Jesus is and what he did, his body nailed to a cross in the most brutal way for us. And so we take this in remembrance of him. fact is forgiveness can't happen without the shedding of blood and so this juice reminds us that Jesus shed his blood when he died in our place for the forgiveness of all of our sins so we drink this in remembrance of him Lord we thank you for this simple meal juice bread your body your blood, the remembrance of, of what you did in our place. We give you thanks. We give you praise. The doors are open so we can come running to you just as we are. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information about The Crossing, visit thecrossingde.com or download the mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Music for today's podcast is from artist Sounds Like Sander, under license from soundstripe.com.